You're listening to the Loop Page Podcast, and we're back with the fourth installment with the Parenthood series. I got my wife Courtney with me on this one, and uh, this episode is all about breaking the mold of traditional parenting and raising kids in a modern world. Welcome to the Loop Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Two, one, and we're back. Welcome back to another Parenthood series. Got uh, my wife caught me with me. Hello. Um, this is the fourth edition of the Parenthood series. We started with our journey to falling pregnant. Then it was, I don't know, was it the birth? Yes, birth and the... Uh, first three months. Yeah. First three months. Fourth trimester. Fourth trimester. Fourth, fourth trimester. <laughs> So now we're back. Um, Louis is now eight months old. We just thought it's been like five months since we've done a uh, podcast. We thought, uh, hey, let's do it. It's time to do one. Um, I tend to do one every 25 episodes or so. So um, it's at that time. We're almost hitting 100 episodes for the podcast, uh, which is I'm really excited about hitting this 100, which um, is a big achievement for me. Um, started this podcast back in 2019. And. Um, you know, I've seen some people get to close to 100 episodes like within a year. But um, maybe the growth has been a little bit slow, but it's just been like a really awesome journey. And to be able to start doing episodes like this with Courtney and talking about something a little bit different because, yeah, we're talking about how to build a coaching business, but I mean, there's more to that, yeah. You know, we do focus on health. Um, I've had people talk about relationships um, you know, obviously we're parents now, which is a big thing. And I know a lot of you are parents or you're wanting to be parents. So, you know, just us, we're not, we're not experts, but we're just going through a journey and we just want to share kind of what's happening, what's working, what's not working. Um, we've got Louie in the background there. <laughs> so the reality of all this is that, hey, we're, we're filming this podcast with um, Louie in the background. Juggling. So it is what it is. We don't have a babysitter to mind him when we're doing our podcasts. <laughs> But um, I just want to jump yeah. in and say congratulations, baby. That's a huge milestone, and we're so proud of you. So oh, thanks, it's very baby. Exciting. Not there yet, though. <laughs> this is ninety-four, so I don't want to get too excited. Edging closer. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly plug Louie up. Um, plugging means basically put a dummy in his mouth. He had a dummy, but he's um, spat the dummy. Not in the, not in the term of having a tantrum. He's literally just pop the dummy out he just holds out. it and he's just like <laughs> yeah. you know what? i can see these these two don't want me to make noise so i'm gonna make noise <laughs> all right so where do we start with this thing um we th- this is i think the other ones have been a lot more structured in regards to like as in the other three episodes that we've done have been a lot more structured in regards to like how we're talking about this and knowing what we're talking about We've written notes here, but this is just going to be a little bit of a conversation, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, talking about how we're finding things, what we're focusing on, maybe what's working and what's not. That's the type of thing. So I don't know how long this is going to go for. We've got a little bit of a reputation for it running a long time. Um, we'll keep it relatively short and sweet for us. Well, we don't really know. But we'll try to. We That's really the know. aim. That's the intention. Yeah. 
shoot in a little bit. <laughs> intention doesn't always go to That's plan, That's the intention, does it? <laughs> but the question is, will the intentions be met? All right. First question that we want to answer while we're talking about intentions. Mm-hmm. Cruel Intentions, the movie. Oh, I love Cruel Intentions. What a movie. Great movie. Um, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Great movie, though. Do you know, um, I, but while we're talking about that, I used to... Loved Sarah Michelle Gellar. You did, yeah. Loved her back in the day. She was like my first girl crush in my life. And I remember my mate and I, Brayden Montebruno. Mm-hmm. Brado, if you're listening to this, mate, Shout you're famous. <laughs> you're now in the potty. Um, back when internet was like no houses, you know, there you didn't have, houses didn't have internet. You might have one crazy, I remember one of my crazy dudes, my crazy mates, well, he's not crazy, but... One of my mates had internet, but his, his dad was like fully into IT and stuff. He was the only person that had internet. If you wanted to go so to the internet, bizarre. yeah, if you wanted to get the you internet, had to go to the library. Had to go to the library. Yeah. This was even before schools mm. had internet type thing. And um, yeah, my mate Braden and I, we went to the local library and um, we had our little floppy disks. <laughs> what were those? What do they fit on the floppy disk? Like 1.4 mega, yeah, mega or something? Know. Well, not a lot. It's like one word doc equivalent. One word doc. A three... <laughs> or ten photos, like ten images. Well, yeah, and mind you, crappy photos. They wouldn't be yeah. able to fit one photo these days. No, no, they wouldn't actually. Just looking. What, like 500 megabytes? Nah, I reckon it was... Less? I reckon it was one to three megabytes. I had a, fur- a purple floppy disk... That was my like favorite one. You're, you, I'm talking about the floppy <laughs> the ones, old not school. the not the thick ones. Remember how they got they started getting thick ones? This kind of zip drives, whatever. They, they were, were actually a floppy disk. There was kind of like the floppy disk, and then there was the thick one that came out. Oh wow, how retro! Floppy <laughs> disks. All right, one point four four meg. Whoa. One point four four meg. Megabytes, yeah. So. People probably don't even know what a megabyte is these days because they're just like, what? Ter- oh, you mean a gigabyte? A megabyte. <laughs> so, I don't know. What's an example? Put it this way. It'd be like, like a few pixels of an image. Nothing. I mean, this this file of this um, podcast we're doing now is probably going to be about three gig. So, it's like a, th- I don't know my maths, but let's just You're say it's a thousand. You're great at maths, but yeah. I'm um, quick maths. You're great <laughs> Quick maths. Whilst we're talking about maths, by the way, mm-hmm. um, my mum Not my found, forte, by the way. But my yeah. mum found my um, school reports from when I was in um, primary school and high school. By the way, I was an absolute angel in primary school. High school, different story. <laughs> Had some shocking reports. Like, just crazy what the teachers were writing about me. And this stuff would be on a... Like, you could, there's no way known you could write what these teachers were saying about me. Not at all. Um, they would, it would be on like a current affair these days <laughs> if they were like, you know, that, that what they were saying about me, they were saying basically that just like without saying it, but like Luke's shit. Um, <laughs> we don't want him here. You're a troublemaker, troublemaker type thing. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to say that. They're, it's too politically incorrect now. It is politically you incorrect. You have to say Luke is very creative and ambitious <laughs> and he's quite uh what would they say instead of that you were a troublemaker that you are determined to <laughs> yeah definitely dancing around the truth but it was good it was a good like it was good to read it because i'm just like man that's full on but um yeah anyway okay let's get into this thing 
We're not here to talk about floppy disks. <laughs> and we're not here to talk about maths, quick maths. We're here to talk about parenthood series. So, how are we finding parenthood? We're eight months in. Mm-hmm. How are we finding it? You can go. I am loving the roller coaster of parenthood, and it really is a roller coaster. Some roller days coaster. are, you're like, I've got this day, roller we're winning. Coaster. Everything's balanced and then other days you just, you know, treading water. And that's so just, I think, what parenthood is. But it's also a learning for me to learning to embrace. Just Sorry. come into the shop. Luke's just telling me to move around. It's learning to embrace both of those days and that both of them have kind of, I guess, beautiful moments in them. Even the chaotic doesn't seem like it's working. Get us to bedtime so we can just catch a break. <laughs> and little man is just chatting away in the background. Oh, you'll actually hear him maybe. Um, he has had his first words. He said, Dada. Uh, but actually says it when Luke walks into the room or he sees Luke. So we're counting that as first word because it's the acknowledgement, which is so beautiful. Yeah, I've got to think about this, right? It's the first <laughs> words. So they say like, What's, you know, baby's first word type thing. Um, I've got a thing with this, which I believe that the first word shouldn't be counted unless he actually knows what the word means. Yeah. So a lot of people are kind of like, oh, dad is his first word or blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not the case because when he first, because he's been saying dad for months, but I think now he's starting to figure out that, yeah, that's my name. But in the beginning stages, people were like calling, oh, well, dad is his first name. I'm like, well, he doesn't know what that word means. And technically, when he was like two months, he was saying, it was he saying, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's saying, hey, guys. Hey, guys. So (laughs) technically, that's his first word, hey, guys. But he doesn't know what that means. Um, And we always kind of joke. It's like, you know, he's making a YouTube channel. (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome to my channel. Hey, guys. Welcome to my channel. Hey, just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I've put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k i'm gonna pop that link in the show notes but anyway let's get back to the episode (laughs) so that's my thing is that i'm saying first words is that it's not just you saying a word you've got to know what it means that's officially in my books what a first word is so probably the dada thing like he's you know there's been a couple of situations where i've walked in the room and he's like dada Oh. It could be coincidental. You came home, Luke came home from work and he had not said it all day and he saw you and his little face lit up and he went, Dada. And I like burst into tears. I was like, that's so beautiful. He mm. definitely has associated that word to you. Yeah. Most, he doesn't say mama. Likely. There's well, no he, mama. He does say mama every now and then, but it's, it's a little bit, it's yeah, a little bit it's few not, and far between. Yeah. It's not, it's more a sound, a babble. I wouldn't. Yeah, claim it as a word, but yeah, you got to get in the shop. Bubba. That's the the fun bits um, at the moment. He's learning to crawl, so he's kind of like commando crawling, uh, and then taking like kind of every now and then a little step on high knees, but mostly commando crawling. Yeah. So as far as I was going to say, I'm just trying. <laughs> we're just trying to get this 
Courtney's like... Who's shuffling me around in the background? You can't see in the video, but she's hanging off the edge of the video. And I'm just like thinking... The frame is cropped on my side. Anyway, I don't think it is. it? I don't know. It's no. Like I have to basically be in the middle. I'm just thinking about the reel for this right now. I'm like, Courtney's going to be in half. Never present. Never present. So, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the fact that he's starting to crawl. Little oh, milestones. I, he's had a big month. It's been a big month of change this month. Yeah. I um. Weren't we on something before that? I blocked out. We were talking about crawling and first words. First words. Oh, yeah. So just quickly before we move on this first words thing, coming back to that, um, what I've been doing, and I haven't, by the way, a lot like some of the stuff I get, I've watched from videos and read a book, I've heard some parent expert tell us, but some of the shit I just make up, and this is one I've definitely made up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, when he started saying data, I'm like, well, I want to I make sure he knows what the word is. So, And I haven't been doing this like religiously, yeah, but I've probably done it. Three or four times. (laughs) And so what I do is I go up to him and I'm like, dada. And I point to myself and I'm like, dada. And then I get my phone out and I'll have a photo of me or a video of me playing. And then I point to the phone and I say, dada. Because he's at an age now where he can uh, categorize things. Um, Is that the word? Mm -hmm. Category. So category basically means that he now can... Uh, he can now join two things together. He can now put relations with certain things. So previously, his brain wasn't developed to, to be able to go, ah, oh, well, Dada goes with that dude with the kind of slicked over hair that you know, <laughs> is always putting his face in my face every single day. His brain couldn't have done that, right? But now he's in a place where he can go, all right, well, um, you know, Dada goes with him and there's, um, you know... <laughs> There's when I look at my a book that I read, mm-hmm. that book there with Spot goes to school. I was going to say Spot goes to jail for some reason. <laughs> don't know. So I don't think that's a, Spot goes to jail. That's one in the series. <laughs> Spot goes to jail. It's a twenty twenty. You want to send him to jail so you don't have to read Spot anymore. Um, so when he sees, you know, Spot goes to school. Um, Hanky Panky and what's that? Harry McClary. Hanky Panky. Jeez. Don't want to read that creepy book, Hanky Panky. Hanky Panky and the Six and Kids. Spock goes to jail. Spock goes to jail. I'm going to be a children's <laughs> author. So when he sees the different books, he kind of can now oh. categorize that, hey, that's a book. Yeah. Mm. Um, so um, probably every second night, I will read to him at night once we you know, clean him up and get him ready for bed. If he's not too tired, I'll read him a book and then I take him into his room and he's got this little bookshelf of books and then I basically hold him up to the bookshelf and I let him pick a book. He gets to choose what book he p- gets to read. Well, nine, I read him. Nine out of ten times it's Spot. Nine out of ten he picks Spot Goes to Jail. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> no, but legit, he picks Spot like nine times out of ten. He I don't know what spot. it is about it. Maybe he loves dogs. We are dog lovers. We're massive dog lovers. So maybe he loves dogs too. And he's actually this week before we keep just funneling on this week. But uh, I don't think you – I don't think we've shared that uh, Sunny loved Louis in the early weeks and months. And then Louis tugged on his mane, like his chest at one point. And Sunny is the kind of dog that he does not forget 
anything. If something happens to him, if something scares him, if something remotely hurts him, he he does not forget a face or a situation and he will stay clear of it for the rest of his life. So unfortunately that, him. that became Louie. <laughs> so he was like, nope, and he was really scared of him. So we've been trying and trying and persevering to try to get them. I'll basically be sitting on top of you at this rate. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. You just got to yeah, trying like to move me. Into... You're off the thing. It's almost like you're, you're also turning away from me as well. It's got to be <laughs> because like Because I'm like, in. okay, sorry, guys. That's better. Logistics in now, the background. Now you're too far because now it looks like. <laughs> All right, just go slightly to the side. I think I need to sit back. That's good there, yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to what I was saying before I was interrupted. <laughs> um, now I kind of remember what I was saying. Spot goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Sunny and Louis. So we've been persevering at trying to integrate them and trying to build uh, Sunny's trust back up with Louis. Solids definitely helped that because I, I knew that Sunny would fall in love with Louis as soon as the solids came came into play because he's obviously food obsessed being goldie and just this last week it's been so beautiful hasn't it they've just been like Mm. literally hanging out together like sunny is letting louis kind of pat him and pull his tail and touching his paws and he's he's actually spending more time with him which has been really special yeah we always do this the instagram versus reality thing (laughs) where it's kind of like you see this stuff on instagram and then you went you go once you had the same thing, you expect it to be the same. So, for example, we would see uh, all these videos of dogs and golden retrievers in particular with their newborn and the newborn sitting in the dog's chest and the dog's just loving it. We're just, that's the Instagram. And uh, the reality for us was that Sonny was basically just scared of <laughs> Louis, you know, scared of this little thing that can't move, running away from him. Anytime Louis would go near him or if you put him next to Sonny, Sonny would get up and run away. <laughs> that's the Instagram of reality, but... Things are starting to turn around yeah. now. So it is. It's really special it's really because we sweet. obviously love Sonny a lot. He's, you know, he's been our, he's our first son. And to have them, we always knew it would happen, but it's kind of like when's it going to happen? And yeah. it's starting to happen now. So they're going to be best mates and they're slowly getting there. It's really sweet. Um, so it's been really good. What else were you talking about? Uh, and then obviously with all of these milestones and special moments, poor Louis sleep. Um, for the last two weeks, except for the last couple of mi- nights, we're back. Uh, but the woof, we had a bit of a, a hard two weeks there. He was in what I've learned. There's another regression. I tend to call them progressions, but that definitely felt like a, gr- a regression in terms of sleep. So, yeah, he was in his eight month regression. They say that because they're learning so many things and they're very active during the day and they're starting to crawl and he's going through those sleep cycles again, um, much shorter sleep cycles. It was like I had a newborn again. He wanted to feed three three times during the night instead of just his usual one. Uh, So we've come out the other side. We've had three really good nights, which is really exciting. And um, he was also in a leap. So for some of you might follow uh, Wonder Weeks. We don't follow it religiously. But if Louis seems to be a little bit grisly or a bit out of character, we tend to check in on that. And more often than not, when we do, uh, he's in a leap. And sometimes that's quite reassuring because you think, Whew, okay, there's a somewhat time frame to this. He's going through a lot of development and it takes a different part of your brain. For me anyway, it's like, okay, this is a season, another little season. 
and he's currently sitting with us now. Hey, hey little man. It's just trying to grab everything. It's kind of what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the new fun, exciting phase. But we're, we're in, um, yeah, he's eight months and one week and just so enjoying it. I think for me now, once it hit the eight-month mark, he feels so close to one, to turning one, that I'm in this like, ah! Like, it's so exciting watching him grow and develop and learn all these new skills, but at the same time, it's kind of not grieving, but it's letting go that he's not necessarily that little, tiny, tiny little baby that needs you 100% of the time anymore. Like, he's gaining his independence, which is really beautiful, but it's also a transition for me as a mum going, oh my gosh, you know, he's not going to be little forever and time really is flying and he'll be one before we know it. That's it. I just want to put a, drop a little comment about this, uh, the, gre- the regression. I'm not a fan of the regression thing. Um, here's why I'm not a fan of it. It's kind of like if you're, a, if you're a parent, you'll probably know what this regression thing is. You'll hear it a number of times where you have certain periods where you regress, the baby goes backwards, right? I'm not a fan of it because you're actually not going backwards. And I think it's, it puts like a negative spin on what's actually happening. Um, so what's actually what's an example is say for example you finally get your kid to start sleeping at night and everything's perfect and then you go through this period where they all of a sudden are waking up and they're almost like they're back at newborn stage and they have little periods where they're called regressions in the I wouldn't is it not the industry but just like the terminology right yeah someone made it up but I don't like it I don't like it because because it's not a regression they're Mm. not going backwards because time yeah time itself you stepping forward like you just say for example if it's day one today and then tomorrow you're technically moving forward in life yeah Mm. um now you will go through waves in your life. So, for example, you'll have good times and bad times, good times and bad times. You'll have parts where your business is going great, but parts where your business is going not good, parts where your relationship's going good, parts where your relationship's not going good. But if you're optimistic about the future, meaning that long-term, you expect that things will get better, then if you're traveling through time, then things are only moving forward despite the waves that you're experiencing from day to day, week to week, month to month. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't like this regression term that gets thrown around and it gets a lot of weight on it, mind you. Um, It's like, oh, my baby's in the regression phase. I'm here to say stop calling it a regression. I try to say progression. And Courtney says progression and I think it's so true. It is. You're making progress. Well, in terms of a baby the sleep goes out the window because he's learning or they are learning all of these new skills. So it's like you wouldn't want to take one away from the other. You wouldn't want to go, I have a baby that sleeps through the night indefinitely, but they're not learning anything new. And I guess if you're Mm -hmm. applying that to a business, it's like sometimes from the outside, you need to put some things on halt because you're growing something else. Uh, And then it all kind of catches back into balance once you know, you work everything out and that's what he's doing at the moment. That's it. So I'll give you an example with my surfing. So I'm at, I'm at an intermediate level. I want to get to an advanced level. Now, I've, I became uh, aware recently that 
I have got bad habits that are keeping me stuck at an intermediate level. And if I want to go to a advanced level, I have to undo those bad habits. Now, what, what, because I'm trying to undo these bad habits that I've learned that have got me to where I am, but are keeping me where I am, I have to unlearn things. So temporarily, I have to go backwards from if someone was physically watching me mm-hmm. surf, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, a, I'm going backwards temporarily in order so I can break through and get to that next level that I never would have been able to get whilst holding on to those habits. So this is the exact same example. This is an example of this regression thing. Um, your kid's not going backwards. He's actually, you know, from a output, from an external point of view, yeah, he could physically appear going backwards, he or she. Um, but he's, he or she's actually going forwards yeah so we're here with our fists in the hands we're going to start protesting championing championing the progression progression. yeah changing our language language is such an important thing in life um you can have the exact same situation in life but you know you call it bad or you call it good and you know positive thinking whether you whatever your thoughts are on it some people like oh positive thing is not a good thing absolute bullshit if you've got two people in life, one's a negative thinker and pessimistic, one person's a positive thinker and optimistic, the person who's pessimistic and, and a negative thinker will have shit go wrong for them continuously in life. It's only beneficial that you do think positively and optimistically. doesn't mean that you've got your head in your sand and you know, you're talking shit every single day and it's just like you know, you're in a bad situation and you're just making it up. Not the case, but it's only a good thing to be optimistic so changing our language with things like going from regression to progression it's all these little one percenters that can just help you feel better because that's what positive thinking does is it ultimately helps you feel better and if you're feeling better you can be a better mum or a better dad or a better partner or a better business owner or a better colleague or a better friend whatever mm-hmm. you're not feeling too good you can't do too much for yourself or the world so true well language is it I don't know which way, but language attaches to emotion or emotions attached to language as in, you know, you don't just say a word and don't feel anything. So if it's a negative phrase, you know, that comes with a negative emotion, etc. It does. I'll yeah. give you an example. Asshole. <laughs> wow. Bum. <laughs> Legit. It's the same thing. Asshole. Well, pretty much. But there's different feelings too. If I say asshole... Or bum, it's the same thing, but they've got yeah. different feelings to it. Yes. It's, it is. And I can go crazier than that. If you want to this get, is you why Spock went crazy, to jail. If you want me to get crazy, I'll get crazy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. All right, what's next on the list? So, yeah, we're just working through all of Louis' exciting milestones at the moment, which is really special really enjoying it I said to um I bumped into one of my colleagues a few months ago and she asked me how I was going and I just said to her I love being Louis' mum and I really do I love being Louis' mum I think it's um yeah I'm so grateful that he's ours and I'm really enjoying motherhood and everything that Mm. comes with it yeah for me newborn phase sucked Um, (laughs) they're just kind of like you know they're kind of this little thing that they're pretty boring to be honest um, and you don't have the connection with them like the mother does because the mother, you know, is in their tummy and all that. And just talking from a dad point of view here. And I have spoken to a number of dads and have shared the same feelings here. 
But, um, you know, as his brain develops and he gets more of a personality and interacts, he just gets more and more fun to be around. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be mining Louis in two days because Courtney's got a little, I don't know, lunch party thing to go to. Farewell, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like, oh, what can I do with Louis? And I'm always thinking about um, one thing I'll be careful of is... I'm really looking forward to Louis growing up and getting a bit older because then, you know, at the moment he can't do a whole lot with me. We just, like, chill out together. But, you know, when he's, like, gets to the age and he's into things and he can walk around and run and, you know, I'm a kid, so I'll just be able to do awesome stuff with him and we'll just be best mates. So I've got to be careful of that, hey, that's what I want, but I've also got to be grateful in the moment Mm. and make sure i'm not missing this because you know everyone says that you know make sure you treasure the moments right now because they grow up so quickly you never get it back and until you know he does get older and he's running around and he's a toddler or whatever it is you know he's probably more of a challenge i'll probably be saying things like oh i miss when he was eight (laughs) i miss when i could just put him somewhere and leave him yeah i mean he is very easy at the moment so you know we've got him i've got him in my arms right now because he's not running around, we can go to a cafe. Courtney can go out, and it's like, I, like yesterday. I was watching a movie, and he just sits in my arms. Like he's just so easy. And, and he, I know and he that... is an easygoing nature in general. Yeah. Um, Where's he done? That's what I was going to say. Where did you put? It? Yeah, he is. Um, he is quite a, an easygoing little man. He doesn't tend to really get too upset if he's fed and he's slept. He's pretty happy. He's very happy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very happy little bub. But in saying that, um, that you're really looking forward to when he's a little bit older and he can learn things, we're still kind of, we've really started to focus on the fact that whilst he's not necessarily having a full two-way communication with us at this very point in time, he is still listening and he's still learning. And so we're trying to already kind of teach ourselves what we want to project on him for the future and like learning now opposed to just waiting for when he is able to have a conversation so that he kind of grows up with certain techniques and tricks and I guess, well not tricks, but language techniques that we're using just become second nature to us and also I guess to, to like him. What? So what I have learnt already in speaking with to Louis is that so much of parenthood is to unlearn your language or unlearn learnings that we've just had our entire life. Like our parents have said them to us and our grandparents have said them to our parents and it's just a generationally passed down thing. Like when I was soothing Louis in the early days, you would naturally just want to say, you're okay, you're okay. And then I'm like, oh, hang on a second. I need to change that to it's okay because you don't have to be okay. I don't expect you to always be okay. There's going to be moments where you're not and that needs to be okay. So it's even just little things like that. The difference between saying you're okay and it's okay, it's like it's okay holds space. You're okay is telling them to stop feeling or sorry, you know, what you're feeling right now, it's good. Don't worry. Like wrap it up. Um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Suppress it type thing. Suppressing. Yeah. So, you know, where... So, yeah, I know it's where I guess you could call us new age parents, but 
you know, you've got old school parents parenting, which is what probably a lot of us grew up with. I mean, unless you're like 10 and listening to this. <laughs> we all grew up with old school parenting. And what if you had to if I had to summarize what old school parenting was, where old school parenting would be that our parents and their parents didn't have access to all the information and the studies that we now have. Mm-hmm. So for example, um because there's so much personal development and information around and available now through the internet. You can, um, you can learn very easily about, um, you can just learn the language to use and how to kind of deal with your kids. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that um, our parent, I'm just trying, I don't really know how to kind of say Well, there's here. now also been studies. It wasn't necessarily something that at the time was studied as in if you use this language or if, you know, kids' emotions are suppressed, then there's likelihoods of X, Y, and Z. But now it's something that they've kind of studied. There's outcomes and you can kind of now work back from that. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got to look look at the outcome just to kind of explain all this, right? So Courtney and I, one thing that's really important to us with the family massively important is that we want transparency between our family yeah we want honest communication as much as possible because in our experience with our own families is that where things have gone wrong is where there hasn't been honest communication Um, and honest communication when it just comes to any form of relationship it's just like a foundational point that you need yeah so that's what we want. We're like, we, we've kind of recognized and realized that, hey, if we want to have this really awesome family, um, then communication, honesty, and transparency, we need to make that happen. So that obviously has to start at the top with Courtney and I being the parents. But it also needs to be that we need to foster an environment with our kids so they feel safe to share and communicate. Mm-hmm. Not just when things are easy, because that's easy times, but when things are hard, when they're going through challenges and everything like that. So that's kind of like where we're wanting. So that's where we have been looking around, okay, what parenting style do we want? And what we've found is that little things like the continual message that we, you know, we all have just unconsciously learned parenting techniques through our parents, yeah, and their parents. And certain words that we hear repeated by watching other parents with Mm -hmm. their kids right so for example it's okay such a small thing it's okay it's okay the kid falls down hurts you know hits his head and then he starts crying and then what does the parent automatically do it's okay you're okay you're going to say i'm giving an example of what it's been no but the we're trying to say... Oh, pardon yeah. me. You're okay. <laughs> See? She's bloody You're right. <laughs> You're okay. So what we've just done is we just say, You're okay, yeah? So when they hurt themselves, it's like, You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Or maybe they're upset about something. You're okay. You're okay. And what we're doing is ultimately is that through years and years of conditioning, we're teaching the kid to, hey, don't express what you're actually truly feeling. Just keep it inside. Mm. That's where it leads to problems. So, um, And at the time, as you can see, it's such a small thing. Like in that moment, they truly might be okay. Uh, And 
it's just when that's continuously said over years and years is that it can lead to them maybe not being able to express as yeah. Luke said how they feel that's just like mind you if you were reason. if you had an environment where you constantly went to your kid you made them feel safe to express things and what they're feeling and then you were saying the word you're okay it's not going to be enough to do but it's it's all these little things right all these little things that add up to basically suppress the communication with the kid right so that's where we're like okay things like this you're okay we say it's okay and i think that you know, we're eight months in and I think we're both pretty good with that now. Well, you just literally, <laughs> you couldn't even see it. In, like, that, no, in, that, yeah. in that yeah. case there. So, but and, in general, we're, yeah, we're we fairly tried. okay because at the start, in the first couple of months, really we hard. were saying you're okay. And we're like, oh, no, 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 no. Because it's second nature and that's yeah. that's the whole nature of learning to unlearn these language. Because we've just automatically we've, yeah. said it and it's, we're thinking that, you know, this is what we've seen our parents and other parents do and i guess that's the right thing to do what this all is is it's conscious parenting yeah it's actually being aware of what you're saying as opposed to automatically saying it that's what we tend to do in life we just automatically do shit without actually having an awareness around what exactly are we saying here and what could this lead to Mm -hmm. so this is what's the, the challenge with all of this is that we are ultimately breaking a mold that we've been raised our whole life with um, and we have to change our language and our approaches with all these little subtle things what's another example that you can think of um this one's a lot harder we're trying to figure out how to answer it but everyone will ask is he a good baby is he a good boy um and again that's such a common question like i've probably said it to parents too because it's just again in the same category as you're okay and it's that nature again that he's not always going to be good (laughs) and we don't want him to always be good because if he's if just as an example but if he follows the mold of being good then he might not feel brave enough to try new things or he might not feel brave enough to do something differently to what his friends are doing or his peers are doing or take risks like because that might not make him good Does yeah, well, you're sense? an example of this you're, yeah you're a good, i am i am courtney's a, a people pleaser courtney's <laughs> a good girl so what's the downside of being a good girl that you don't always necessarily do what you really want to do you do what you think others will approve of and you're always not always seeking validation but it's it's there mm. yeah so it stops you from kind of Doing what you want to do all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the time... Or expressing like, exactly what Yeah, Or expressing feel. what you feel because, hey, if I, if I express something here and this person doesn't like it, then I don't want to rub them off the wrong way. I'm going to kind of hold yeah. that in. So, like, this is, you know, it really does have a major effect on people's lives. Um, and the good girl, good boy thing is and this is i've found this one way harder it's really hard to answer this one's way hard yeah i um, mean and it's it's not only okay if someone asks how is he and you're like oh he's a good boy because he is a good boy like he's <laughs> you know if we we don't yeah. have any other kids but if we kind of look at other kids in our life and what we've grown up with like he's a and we get told continuously through our family which my brothers and sisters have got millions of kids 
continuously get told from my family how much of a good boy he is, yeah? So we know from a comparison point of view and how he, you know, you could say a behavioral, he's a good boy. But what's good, it, what it is, is it's ultimately, what's is he behaving the way we want him to behave? Mm-hmm. Which means you're quiet, you don't cry, you're easy to have. But they're, they're a bloody baby at the end of the day. Yeah. They're a baby. There's this little thing. So we don't, we shouldn't want them. Well, this is, let's just keep this to our experience. We don't necessarily want Louis to be good. Do we want him to be a pleasant, a, a pleasant baby to bear? I'm, I'm just selecting my words carefully. Or for him to be happy, like overall, yes. Yeah, we want him to be a pleasant baby, right, to be around. But I know for me personally, like I'm a handful. I, and as a kid, I was a, I was a pest. <laughs> I was an absolute pest. <laughs> um, but I would say the great thing out of being, me being a pest is that I'm quite creative in life and I'm, yeah. I love to be adventurous and that's led me to great things in life. So because of... I know the great effect of that with me. I'm like, well, I don't want to take that away from our kids. Yeah. I don't want to make them like into this behave and be a really good, well-behaved person. So it's kind of like this, like, hey, yeah, you want them to be able to um, fit in with society and fit in with people, of course. But then you also got to let go of the control that just to remember, remember that they're a little kid, they have to express themselves and they're not a bloody adult. I think a lot of the time as adults, what we do is that all we do is we go from a baby where we're fully expressive to we be suppressed, 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 and then we turn into this bloody boring adult that just goes to a job, earns some money, and then goes on a holiday a year, like once a year or something like that, and, you know, smiles for the camera and all that shit. So, yeah, we're not wanting that with, with the Lulu, but... Um, <laughs> With the good thing, that's what I find is a challenge. It's like even when you know we're he's at he's he's feeding at night and we're doing solids and he's putting the spoon in his mouth and he eats it because he's he's not the best with eating food at the moment, and he puts the spoon in his mouth and he eats takes us takes a yeah. the chunk out of it. We're like we go to go oh good boy, but yeah. we're like we're not allowed to say that <laughs> because we're trying to get away from hey you need to be a good boy if this kind of makes sense so we're like what do we say we're like excellent spoon feeding Louis. yeah like great use of the spoon great use of the spoon <laughs> and it sounds so douchey yeah. it, it sounds so dumb but it's like these little language patterns it is that's that's what i've found the hardest it really hard well even like for the food thing and it may not turn out that way but then they th- like you could ingrain you say good boy when you have a spoon and it's like oh well then i need to keep eating to be celebrated type thing it's like all these yeah but on on the back of that it was the um old school parenting technique was also kind of making a lot of the things that they were told when raising kids was basically I mean this is the very old school children should be seen and not heard type era but it was how do you make your life easier so, you know, tantrums no no tantrums in public quieten and down you know you have to sit at the table and be quiet and it was all about how to make I guess the parents life easier whereas now the new found learnings is that we have to hold space for them in those moments and create space for them and it's not always going to be about what's easiest for us because what's easiest for us is quietening them and that's not 
that's not good long term, but they can be really hard at the time. So, sorry, we're still... <laughs> We've got Louis in our lap and we're shifting around in the... And I think Luke's just worried Louis. about post-production here. Cool, and he's falling off the screen. Yeah, well, otherwise Louis is going to be a bit squished. So, yeah, that's us. Just language is kind of front and centre at the moment and, and being conscious about... Um, what we want to do there. I do have a bit on emotional parenting. Did you want me to talk about that now? Or we can get later? to it in a second. Okay. Um, but yeah, just to wrap that little part up, you know, just to, the, you know, the good girl, good boy thing. Um, you know, with me personally, through my life, I have, and it probably took me to about 30 to drop this, and I've still got it to some degree, oh. but it's not like a really, it's not like a, a bad, bad level. But I was... I'm what you call an achiever, right? So I, I've got high drive for things and things that I want to do, I always want to get good at, right? Um, what I kind of learned through me growing up was that, and this is a common thing and see this is if this is you, what do we do when we get things right? Yeah, imagine we're a little kid and let's just say we, you, your parents chuck the ball to you and you're like, okay, three, two, one, they chuck the tennis ball to you and you catch it. And they're like, oh, great job, awesome. What happens when you drop the ball? <laughs> you don't get such a reaction. It's like, oh, you try again. And then you throw the ball to them and the baby catches and they get heaps of praise and love. So this, is, this message here gets kind of drilled into us. What happens is we learn through life is that, hey, when we do things good and well, we get attention and, and we get love. What? And perfectly. And perfectly. We get attention and love. But when we don't, that love gets taken away from us. And all we want in life is to be loved. We want to belong and we want to be loved. That is what our ultimate deep needs are in life. So everything that we do, we are doing it to fulfill those needs, Right. So, and I'll give you an example. Let's just say that you want to be really career-driven, yeah, and you're like, I want to get to the top in career. The reason why you're searching for that career drive, you could be like, well, I want to have money and all that. Yeah, sweet, but what you're searching for is that you see that in your mind that, hey, if I can climb the ladder, then I'll be respected by all my peers. You know, in society, when I go to family dinners and I'm earning the most money, then, you know, my family will see me as that person. And you're looking for what we call significance, but underneath that significance is that you're ultimately looking for some form of deep love, right? Yeah. So um, that's what this kind of good girl, good boy thing does. Is it slowly over the years teaches the kid that okay, ultimately, what do I want? I want love, yeah. Because they come out of they come into this world, they come out through the woman's vagina. Not all the time, or C-section. Or C-section. Pardon me, woman's vaginal walls or stomach walls do they come out any other way wow uh no they come out one of those walls (laughs) and they're basically um you know they're in their mother and father's arms so they're born into love they're held closely and tightly every moment of the day yeah so that's what they're born into they're born into life of being wrapped around and covered in love and then what happens as they go older and older and older, that tightness and that love slowly yeah. starts to, the gap starts getting wider and wider and wider. You stop getting held so much. You know, all your, you know, when you were a newborn, you would piss and shit and they would pick it up. Your parents would pick it up for you. And now if you 
don't clean your room, you get yelled at, that type of thing. So slowly that love that you brought was brought into the world, what you knew was the only thing, that gets taken away. And what we do is we go searching for that for our whole life. We go searching for that love and that deep connection and we find it in different forms. Yep. So this good boy and good girl thing, um, if we're telling our kids and teaching them the message that, hey, you will get what you ultimately want in life, which is our love, yeah, if you behave, then what it does is it makes them perform to get what they want, which is love and attention. Yeah. So they perform and they turn into a person who, imagine if you're a performer, who are you? You're not yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're an actor, you're pretending to be someone that you're not. And long time, long term down the track, fast forward to who you are right now, being 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Um, when you've been performing your whole life and you become this actor or this person who's not you, you can imagine how that actually makes you feel. You won't be deeply fulfilled. Why? Because you'll be doing all this shit in your life that you don't actually want to do. You'll be hanging around the wrong people. You'll be working a job that you don't like. Um, You won't have a great relationship with your family or whatever it is. Um, Maybe your relationship with your partner will suck. You'll get into all these situations that will not make you feel deeply fulfilled. So we know that's the end output. That's the end thing, the end result of all this. Hence why we're like going hardcore with this shit right now. Um, you know, I've it took me until 30 years old to kind of have an awareness of all this because I got into the performer role where I basically was doing things for other people you know, I was the type of person that would always have a brand new Mercedes and, you know, it was all about making money and I was all about significance and how look at me, look at me. And even though I had all that stuff on the outside, internally, I was, I was like, I was missing. There was something missing in my heart. And what it was was that, hey, I wasn't being truly who I really wanted to be on the, on the inside. So I, I've been there and I know exactly what it feels like. And it's the last thing that I'd ever want for our kids. So, yeah, this is like a a massive journey for us, but that's kind of why we're getting into all this stuff and, you know, changing our language around the good boy thing and, hey, you're doing a good job. It's it's just hard because, like, what do you say? And like I said, it just sounds douchey and and weird, but, like, that's what we're we're kind of moving towards and... Striving for, yeah. Striving for. Um, Quick, so... That was a workout. That was a workout and that was also a marathon of me blabbering on. (laughs) I was in the background wrangling our little octopus over there. The octopus. Did you sleep? Yeah, no. And he's still going. He's still awake. Um, Quickly, so let's talk about our relationship, Courtney and I. So I would say that um, where are we at? We're at eight months in and like we had like in the first, I would say three months was really tough and it Mm. was like the worst time of our relationship for sure Mm -hmm. i would say was it like six months or so yeah five maybe five and a bit just under six five and a bit six i would say things started turning around for us then if you've been watching if you've been listening to the last episodes you're probably like have they had sex yet (laughs) well i can i can reveal here first time only (laughs) there has been progress there has been a couple of sexual relations in the shower but i 
I'm not allowed to go deep. I've been told, Luke's don't go deep with this shit. So I'm just going to leave it Our to your family imagination. Family listen, it's, yeah, it's so good. Family listen to this stuff, and they love it. They jump on this. For One of our nieces details. loves it. So shout out to shout out to Ash. <laughs> Ash loves the details. Well, no, well she loves the, the podcast. Details, but all I'm going to say is that the shower has been extra steamy. <laughs> all right. So yeah, um, Courtney and I's relationship. I would say like. Right now, as in, you know, when we're recording this now, I would say that we're not, like, amazing. Um, we're, I wouldn't say, like, physically affectionate, like, not as much as we used to. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely been an improvement. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a parent right now, and I don't know where you're at in your journey, but I think it's just, like, just acknowledge that just with everything, up and down, waves, good and bad, strong and weak, you're going to go through seasons. And you're not alone. Um, I mean, speaking to some of my friends, it's very normal. It's just not something that, you know, I even feel comfortable sharing. Um, I feel comfortable sharing, I guess, one-on-one or in smaller groups, but I definitely don't feel comfortable broadcasting it. So sometimes it can mean that you feel like you are alone and everyone else on social media looks like the, the perfect happy family and you're there going, oh, like, I feel like I don't even see my partner or. Yeah, that's the, um, this is the, the social media thing is a, is a big killer for people. Because what we do, we jump on social media, we look at people's perfect lives and then we compare them against us. And we go, man, they're having that or that relationship's perfect. Why isn't it happening for me? The truth is, and you have to really know this, is that social media is just a load of bullshit with everything. Everyone looks more happy and successful than they they actually are. That goes for us. It goes for you. It goes for the next person. It goes for the absolute multi-billionaire. Everyone looks more happy and successful than they actually truly are. And you need to actually never, ever forget that and stop comparing yourself against other people. Um, I mean, I I watched a video, I think it was this morning, of this this really, uh, really popular coach, multi-million dollar coach, millions of followers, um, and she seems so bloody happy. She's one of those crazily high energetic people. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, I'm happy. That type of thing. Um, and then she was sharing how she, I won't go through the details because I don't want to reveal who it is. But she was sharing how she had um, the last year has been one of the worst years of her life because she's had some issues for her health. Um, and she, there was the first time she was sharing it. And you wouldn't have even known if you're doing the comparison thing, you would have jumped on Instagram and gone, oh, man, she's, she's got, got squillions of dollars. She's driving around Ferraris. Look how happy she is. Look at me, man. I'm driving around a shitty Toyota. I'm sad. <laughs> Sorry, Toyota. <laughs> yeah. So don't be fooled by social media, people. Yeah. Compare yourself to yourself. You've got to outdo yourself, Yeah. That's the most healthiest way. Just go, you know, am I better than I was like today? Am I better than I was yesterday? Are we better than we were last week or last month? If not, then, hey, it, do we think it's important enough to work on this to make it better? So with Courtney and I, um, we're on the improve. Are we amazing? No, but we're definitely getting better. And we've been through, you know, really shit times and things are getting better for us now. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I just want to kind of give you a little insight into us because I think it's really important in all this. Yeah, we're talking about Louie and parenting, but a part of parenting is the relationship. And, you know, the, the I'll, I've said it once, I'll say it again, is one of the biggest impacts that you'll ever have on your kids 
is how you show up together as a couple. By far. 100%. Your kids are watching. And this is one thing I've put down here for improvements is that, mm-hmm. you know, arguing in front of Lloyd. That's one thing that we haven't done it heaps, but we've done it, you know. Yeah. We've done it And probably. we acknowledge at the time, we're like, he's here. We shouldn't be doing this. And you still, like, you, you Sometimes we've resolution. kind of backed off a little bit. And mm. I reckon lately we've been a little bit better with it. Mm. But, like, there have been times where we've been yelling at each other and Louis is sitting there looking at us, yeah. And even though he can't talk yet. He can feel that. You know, if we're doing this month after month after month, he's going to absorb that energy and he's going to get this anger inside him it's going to come out eventually Mm. yeah so um i can't remember where i was going with this on that though with with arguing Mm. i think for i mean we haven't necessarily discussed this but my view is i don't i want to constructively have arguments that he is exposed to i don't want him to never see us argue because i think that's not healthy either you know, sometimes you hear people grow up and they go, oh, my parents never argued. And if you speak to those parents, like, oh, we did, but it was always behind closed doors. And I totally understand and respect that sometimes arguments should not be in front of your children. But I think if it's a constructive conversation where you're showing two sides and that you both maybe don't share the same opinion, but that you can come to a resolution and it's healthy and it's not explosive, I think that's teaching them teaching your kids how to have a conversation with an opposing view. Yeah, I agree with that. Instead of just, oh, there was never arguments, it was happy family and not teaching them because then they will take that into their relationships with friendships or with partners in the future and you want them to have that knowledge of how to argue constructively. Yeah, arguing is healthy. Yeah. What it is is that you're expressing your bloody feelings. Expressing, not suppressing. You're expressing, not suppressing. <laughs> you're expressing your bloody feelings. And guess what? Courtney and I, are so we're so different in a lot of things, opposites in so many things. So guess what? We're going to bloody argue. Unless Courtney is exactly me, and she's a clone of me, which would be a little bit weird if I'm married to a clone <laughs> of me. Unless she's exactly me, then guess what? We're going to argue just like you're going to argue with your partner because you are different. Um, Arguing is just expressing honest feelings, which is completely, completely healthy. So you've got a point about arguing in front of the kids. That's great. The issue is is that when it becomes a toxic argument. Now, Courtney and I's challenge is, when we come to arguing, is that I like to think I'm right. And guess what? Courtney <laughs> likes to think she's right. So I usually am. <laughs> no, she's not. She's never right. So that's our problem is, Courtney and I, is that because we both like to think we're right, we stand up for our points and then we'll be just like, no, nah, you're wrong. And then the other person's like, no, nah, you're wrong. And then we'll just yell at each other. <laughs> now, that's that. The good thing about Courtney and I is... We get over our argu- arguments very quickly. Yeah. Um, and we have got to a point, and this is, ne- I never used to be able to do this, but no. now we can both apologize and I can apologize. Back- oh, I was saying no because you used to be a little bit of a, a sulky sulk. I was a sulky sulk. I mean, I still do sulky sulky. I still got sulky Not sulky a little bit. Not as bad anymore, but I got sulky sulk. I'm a little bit of a sulker. You apologize before me, though. You, you're very quick to apologize. I wouldn't say that. Well, not very quick, but. No, I wouldn't say that I would be the first. I would have said that you would have been oh. probably more. Maybe we're fairly even. Yeah, okay. Let's call it evens. See? <laughs> we're, 
we're we're ble- both believing that we're right. <laughs> no, but we're good at apologising, and I never used to be. I never used to apologise for anything. If anyone was like, you know, you apologise to me, motherfucker. But um, <laughs> no, I've like I've done some healing, um, and I can now apologise, which I'm so happy that I can because my dad never apologised. So I've grown up with uh, watching my parents kind of argue. And uh, this is a great example. My The way that my parents argued was my dad was always right 100% of the time, <laughs> even when it was clear that he was wrong. He would never admit he was wrong. And him and my mum would argue. My dad would be right. No, nah, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. He would never apologize and it would be my mum that comes crawling back. That was how the argument got solved. That's not healthy, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I've grown up with that now. Luckily for me, um, even I've definitely got my dad's traits in regards to I like to think I'm right in a lot of things in life, I can still look at things and go, you know what, I am wrong here. Um, and you know what, it's, I need to apologize here. Yeah, you know what, I made a mistake here and I needed to own up to it. I've done some healing to get that and it's been a really awesome thing, which is I know long term is going to be great for Courtney and I, it's going to be great for our kids. Saying that, doesn't mean we're perfect when we argue like i said courtney Mm. and i we both still like to think we're right and when things get heated and it's a more intense argument we do like to stick to our guns and not hear out the other person as much but um yeah we do recover quickly so we have our you know we're both sick of each other we have our stupid argument we kind of have our moment maybe we get over it straight away maybe we need an hour or two we you know i go out or courtney goes out we come back and we just generally apologize and we kind of get back onto things yeah so that's our kind of pros and cons when it comes to our arguing so so for louis growing up and our next kids um what we need to work on there is and it's so hard is that when we're in that heated debate is you still gotta you've still got to listen to the other person somewhat and try and hear them out it's so hard though when you you're angry at them yeah but that's, the, that's where I've got to improve. I would definitely say I'll put my hand up there. Anything you need to improve on? Probably the same thing. Yeah, and also I like I get very defensive very quickly. Um, if I feel like I'm under attack or someone I love is under attack, I'm very like... Um, well, so am I. I'm very defensive. So if someone so attacks me, very defensive. I wouldn't say I'm an attacker though. No, like, I'm not an attacker. I don't. I, I don't start the arguments. Courtney definitely is the one that usually starts the arguments. Yeah. But if someone has a go at me, I defend myself for fucking life, and I go hard. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know, if Courtney has a go at me or something. I'll be like, I'll arc up and go. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I arc up, mate. Get my shield out. In kind of a segue, but not a segue because we don't want to take up too much We're time. At the hour mark. But maybe we do another series on um, emotional parenting. But emotional parenting and um, intentional parenting is this huge umbrella. And I remember listening to this beautiful podcast by Lael Stone, who we really, really like. We actually did her birth course. She has the most mesmerizing voice. You could listen to her talk about anything. Stony. But she uh, teaches emotional parenting and uh, we listened to this podcast that I absolutely loved, but I felt I, I went away with so many bits of information that I was like, I'm so excited to use. And then I almost like got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. How am I going to do this? I'm going to fail. Like this feels like this foreign world to me to be able to do everything right, to create this beautiful bubble for Louis. 
and you know if we're lucky enough to have more kids in the future and then I said to Luke okay I kind of sat back and I broke down emotional parenting and I thought <laughs> that's he's tired does anyone else's little one go goya 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 and I thought okay if I can like break down emotional parenting for me this is not necessarily an expert's review this is just my two takeaways and we've kind of discussed them indirectly was that listening and creating a safe space for them and apologizing and acknowledging when we as parents make mistakes and that was kind of how I funneled and I said if if I can do those two things I know I will fundamentally make a difference in his life because the creating a safe space that's that's listening listening when they're having a tantrum when they're coming to you with good news when they're coming to you with not so good news um if we think about what a safe space is as in everyone wants everyone always talks about in the future like when my kids are in their teens I want them to come to me I want them to call me at three o'clock in the morning I want them to be able to share things with me or share their failures but we have to create that environment for them before they hit their teens so that it's just part of their life and to me a safe space is somewhere where you can be heard whether that's listening to you speak or just listening to you express watching you express emotion whether that's happy or crying um so I thought okay I want to hold space for him but off the back of what we just discussed the second bit is apologizing and acknowledging when we make mistakes so I know generations before us, there might have been times, say, where our parents or our grandparents may have gone to bed and gone, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. You know, I feel really bad. I said X or I lost my temper. Um, you know, tomorrow I'm going to make sure they have a really good day. And they may have taken you out on a big adventure or bought you a toy or done something else to make them feel better for the way that the guilt that they feel for how they were with you in that moment whereas now what I've learned is so much of that would just be actually apologizing to Louis or saying to him I'm really sorry I made you feel this way or I did this this that wasn't my intention and I guess just that acknowledgement and um, that then in turn will create a safe space for them um, probably increase a bond with you as a parent but also allow them to go oh that's how I treat people as well and I can own up to my mistakes. And mistakes aren't such a bad thing. They're going to happen. They're inevitable. But it's how we handle them that, you know, has the biggest impact. Mm. Yeah. I like it. That's my little... <laughs> I like it. That's Courtney's monologue. <laughs> Courtney's and Luke's monologues. Um, yeah, we, would, we, we will, as Louis gets older, you know, we're going to be talking more in depth about all this stuff. Um, you know, we're at... Over an hour, Mark. Let's let's wrap this thing up. I just want to. I got a couple little things here, and I don't know if you want to finish off or anything. A couple of little parent. I just want to go through a couple of little parenting techniques that um, <laughs> we're kind of focusing on, and, and this is what I've written down for me. So Courtney might be doing something different. I don't know. So first thing, I let Louis struggle. <laughs> Not all the time, but just. Struggling is actually good. Mm. What do we do a lot of the time? They're on the mat, yeah. They're on, they're on, uh, they're lying on the ground, and you can see that there's like a toy slightly in front of them, just out of their reach, and then you can see them struggling to get this thing, and they're like getting frustrated, ah, and they're getting frustrated, and 
So what do we do? We kick the toy forward so they can grab it. Um, but we, we, I let him struggle most of the time. And why I let him struggle is because that's where we learn. We learn through our struggles. So if we constantly, if I constantly kick the toy towards him, then he's not actually figuring out how to actually move to get to that toy. So it's through the struggle, which is what he, where he learns. So I just wanted to, that's my first little parenting technique that I work on, struggling. And it's not the nicest sometimes because what are they going to do? They're going to get frustrated. They're going to grizzle and cry. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, oh, I feel sorry for them. But it's actually for their own good. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> next one I've got. Anything you want to add on that? No. Uh, next one I've got is, I've already talked, spoken about teaching his name. Um, next one I've got is, oh, yeah, this one I've been, I've been telling Courtney about, definitely. And by the way, we aren't parenting experts. I haven't got this from any book or anything. I've just made this shit up myself. It might be wrong, and I'm sure you'll find someone else there that's saying that's bloody it's an wrong. Opposing view, yeah. But um, look, we're just we're we're doing our own thing, yeah. So don't be like taking this as in writing this stuff down and going, oh, I should do it. It's not exactly tested. I'm just kind of using my brain in regards to well, you know, um, if you teach a certain behaviour, you'll get a certain result. Um, through doing it with Sonny, yeah, it's very similar. The way that you raise a dog and teach them how to do things is what, how you do the same with a kid, very similar. So um, just, yeah, little disclaimer here. I'm just making this shit up myself here, yeah, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. All right, so when he cries, when he takes, let's just say he's like playing with a remote, right, or um he's playing with something and actually an example is when you know we're feeding him Mm -hmm. and he's got the spoon in his hand and we need to grab the spoon to put more food on it (laughs) he'll what he'll do he wants the spoon right so you take it off him and then he'll start crying so what do we automatically do we quickly give it back to him to stop him to cry yeah, but what we do is we're reinforcing that, hey, if you cry... You get what you want. You get what you want. Now, here's the... Here's the um, what's the word? Where it clashes. Oh. Contradictory thing. We're talking here about expressing yourself, aren't we? And now we're suppressing him. So here's where our whole message is being contradicted by into itself. Um, basically, but here's where I don't exactly feel this is wrong is look, we don't want a kid that can't share. We don't want a kid that, you know, is one of those kids where you take things off them and you have to sometimes and they just cry and things like that. Um, I, I was one of those kids, yeah? And I, my, if you ask my family, all of them were said I was an absolute pain in the ass. You were hard work, right? So we're going to try and not repeat a Luke growing up. <laughs> so we're like, okay, sweet. What's something that usually will develop that type of behavior where if you take something off and they cry the house down and that is from an early age Mm -hmm. like starting now you take his spoon off him he starts crying Mm -hmm. we quickly give it back to him so what we do is we say no hold up he has to settle himself and when he settles himself he gets the spoon so what he's kind of doing is he's learning that hey it's not the cry that gets the reward or gets what i want it's the just being calm and relaxed Mm. So that's what we're kind of trying to do. We're not like suppressing. It's like the behavior is either he's going to learn that, hey, crying gets me what I want 
or being calm and relaxed gets me what I want. And I think long term, think about it. If you're in a pressure situation, you know, you crying or maybe you're an adult, you're not going to cry, but you'll be, you know, um, you'll be breathing quickly and your heart rate will be increasing and you'll be all panicky. Yeah, because that's, that's all that's happening is that you're turning from a kid to an adult. Or would you rather be calm and grounded mm-hmm. in a pressure situation or whatever it is? So we're just thinking long term. That's where kind of things will you know, transform into. Um, so that's what we're doing there is we take something from him. If he starts crying nine times, sometimes we'll give it back to him. We just, you know, it's not the right time, right? We might be in a cafe or something. Or he's really tired. And- or he's really tired, yeah. yeah. Um, but nine times out of ten, we're like, okay, let him settle. Then we're like, you cool? I'm like, boom. Spoon, you get it back, man. Next thing. And we've done this with Sonny and we're doing it with Louie. So when I come home or when I wake up in the morning and, you know, I see Courtney and Louie for the first time, I kiss Courtney first. So I say hello to Courtney first and then Louie gets a hello second. And I'm a little bit confused with who gets the hello between Louie and Sonny. And legit, and I don't know who to Aww. actually give this to because well, technically Sunny was there first. <laughs> so does Sunny. So I'm not too sure. I haven't figured that out yet. And technically, because the thing is, is once Louis grows up, Sunny has to go to the bottom. Yeah, of course. But at the moment, you love could you, Sunny, but you can't yeah. like acknowledge your dog before but you at the, at the moment, the level of intelligence, Sunny's above Louis. He can look after himself more. So technically, so we're a little bit of a gray area there. Do I kiss Courtney first, then Sonny, and then Louis, or vice versa? But it's basically showing that, hey, man, Louis, dude, yeah, we love you. But, like, you know, there is a bit of an order in this house where, um, you know, what's the, why am I actually, I'm just trying to think why I actually do this. Well, they um, kind of when we did all our Tony Robbins work, it was always that you're, you have to put your relationship first. Like your partner should come before your children, because it's good. What the, it's good for them to learn. It's good for them to learn that, and then you, you are your best person when your real relationship is thriving. Therefore, you you project that onto your kids. Yeah, and it's like the world doesn't revolve around me, right? So that's what we're trying to put that message. Now, mind you, it's got to you got to think about the weight here. So I might come home, I'll give Courtney a kiss. And then I give Louis a kiss last, but I, I put a lot of attention then into Louis. So, you know, Courtney might be getting 10% attention, Louis's getting 90%. So it's not exactly the strategy that we're doing. It, it, it's not exactly f- fully developed there because technically I'm just ticking a box, right? Courtney gets the kiss first and then yeah. Louis gets the kiss second, but technically Louis's, you know, getting all the love and attention. But it's a start. It's a start. Yeah. We're just trying to chip away at this thing. Um,. I got two more things. Being rough with Louis. Rough and tumble. Play. Rough and tumble. Such a good thing. Um, whether he's a boy or whether he's a girl, you know, we love him to death. We give him so much love. And I sit there and I kiss him and I tell him I love him and all that type of stuff. Kiss, kiss, kiss. But the rough and tumble shit is only good for you. So I do this thing, for example, called a conveyor belt. I'll just like, you know, he's on the side of the bed and I'll just grab his legs and I'll pull him across the side of the bed and I'll call it a conveyor belt. I'll put him up on my shoulders and, you know, I'll swing him around and stuff like that. So the rough and tumble play is good for connection. And I always think about from a boy's testing point of view. Testing boundaries. Yeah, testing boundaries. I, I think about from a boy's point of view. Um, and this is where I, I, I fully get it now. For like being in a footy team and being around guys, 
there's some guys that are like real comfortable with you going up and kind of nudging them and pushing them and things like that. Yeah. Kind of nudging and pushing and that type of interaction. In a friendly way. In a friendly rack. Yeah, in a, in a friendly way. And then there's some people that, and some guys that aren't comfortable with that whatsoever. And I think in life is that ultimately you're going to get pushed around from time to time and you're going to get people kind of come into your space. And I think it's only a good thing that you can react to this in a great way. And what I think it comes down to is that growing up, when it comes to rough and tumble playing kind of, you know, that that physical interaction, did you have a generally a good association or generally bad association? So I just want to make this kind of rough and tumble play with Louie and our kids when we have, even when we have girls, um, if we do, um, we just want to have this positive, you know, interaction with this physicality because it's only a good thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Life's tough, life's mean, life's rough. And if you're going to be growing up as a little butter ball, then you're going to get eaten alive. That's my view. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one is uh and just kind of this ties onto that one is exposure to risk i am a risky dude i take risks in life courtney not so much this is where we clash heads (laughs) together here because courtney is conservative and she's safe i'm kind of the opposite way so our parenting styles are different here um but i can see how much risk like having risk in your life and being able to take risk in life i can see how great it is in life mm-hmm. it definitely fucks you up times mm-hmm. um but i think ultimately like i love that i love to take risks yeah. um sometimes i see people who are scared to take risks or scared to face discomfort in life and i feel sorry for them because it just takes away the magic and spark of life so this is 100% i'll be putting this message into our kids. And the thing is, is that probably if we have multiple kids, one of them is going to model Courtney and one of them is going to model me, most likely, right? <laughs> so I can't really do anything about it. But ultimately, gradual exposure to risk with Louis. That's what I'll be focusing on. And it's putting him in risky situations. I'll give you an example. Like, you know, I have a shower with him and I'll pop his head under the water, right? And you can see... He's not exactly comfortable with it because he hasn't learned to breathe and stuff like that. But unless I kind of slightly push him under safe in situations, then, you know, he's never really going to be exposed to that stuff. And then, you know, turns out down the track is he doesn't want to go in the ocean or he's like, you know, I don't want to be doing, I don't want to play sports or I don't want to get up in front of a crowd of people and talk. Like all these things here, I'm just thinking about long term. scary, but then he's okay. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm scared with this, but I can still push through it. So that's what I'm just thinking long term is that I just want to slowly and gradually expose him to risky situations. Mm -hmm. So I'm there and I can save him, but it's like, you know, pushing him a little bit out of his comfort zone so he can get used to this and then it'll set him up to be able to face risky and scary situations later on in life, which ultimately mean he's going to grow, right? Good one. Okay. It's been a, uh, that's me, I'm done. Have you got anything to finish on? No, Louis is, uh, <laughs> he's at the end of his tether now. He's at the end, he's done, he's had enough. He's like, mum and dad, shut up. Podcast You've gone for an hour over. and 16 minutes. Yeah, I haven't napped and I need some food. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you've enjoyed this, um, this episode, this episode number four of the Parenthood series. A little insight into how we're doing, what's working, what's not. Um, how Louie's doing, how relationship's doing, what we're thinking of, what we're working on, what we're thinking of in the future, where we're heading. And we'll be back probably in another few months with 
episode number five of the Parenthood series. If you have any questions, feel free to um, send them in or leave any comments if you want us to mm, answer anything maybe in our, in our next episode. That's a good one. We would love to do a Q&A. So if you've got any questions and answers... Uh, you'd like us to, that'd be cool to do an episode. Do you want on. them to give us the answers and we ask Just questions. questions. Leave the answers to us. <laughs> you want, if you want any answers for us, then we'll ask the questions. Yeah, if you, any, if you want us to share anything, and like I said, we're not pros. We've got one kid, right? So, you know, for the people, the parents out there that have got five kids, like they're the pros. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're just, our journey, but if there's something that you resonate with us and you want us to maybe share, um, hey, message Courtney, message myself. And we might Maybe don't message me. <laughs> yeah, no, message Courtney. If you're, fr- if you're in Courtney's audience, uh, message Courtney, 100%. All right, so anyway, we're, uh, we're out of here. See ya. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the, the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.